Hello and welcome to Voice of the Soul Empowered Living Podcast. My name is Lenny. Happy New Year to everybody who has been following us and the podcasts that we just started two weeks ago. And thank you very much to those of you who have started to follow us and also um, to spread the word. I do believe that we're living in times where spreading the light through divine wisdom, through a higher consciousness, to create an empowered collective mind is incredibly important. Uh, more important than we can possibly gather, I think, at this point. In trying to decide what topic to do this week after doing the clean slate for New Year's, I wanted to look at the things that block us from staying committed to the things that we say we're going to do when our slate is clean and we have an opportunity to actually create a year of blessings and a year of change. Um, it doesn't have to be monumental. It just has to be movement towards a commitment and a change. And for me, there are blocks that get in the way that I think are pretty universal and um, everybody will adapt to one particular behavior that requires courage to overcome um, or it will require an ability to surrender to something that is greater than ourselves and believe there is a divine plan. I believe there is a divine plan. I also believe there are challenges that are written into that divine plan that we must transmute and move forward and turn those challenges and difficulties into blessings and that does take great courage most of the time it's much easier to become complacent or distracted and right out of the shoot this first week in january it will be helpful for us if we'll look at what our ego will do to try to sabotage the commitment that we have made to making changes. Uh, mantras that I live by, mantras that Key to Life lived by, that Soul of an Addict lived by, are empowered to choose and empowered to change. And with this New Year energy now moving itself into how we're going to live our life this year, I'll be adding, hopefully, at least two podcasts um, every month. I'm shooting for one a week right now. And I want them to kind of integrate depending on the time of year, when we might have blocks, when we might have challenges. I am going to do a Mercury retrograde um, one, but since we're coming out of the retrograde, technically, for those of you who are retro retrograde watchers, um, tomorrow is the last day of the shadow for the retrograde the Mercury retrograde that started December 3rd. So it's been a long, long period of, of really intense energy with the full moons and the retrograde. None of those I want to get into now. I want to kind of back way up into the pragmatic parts of us that need to take action. And there are sometimes going back to the basics, so far back into the basics, that the elementary tools that really can help us need to be brought out. They need to be brought into being, into using, um, into our consciousness so that we don't forget. Um, sometimes we get so into our journey, at least some of us, that we step out of the practical way of doing life and we start playing in um, just too much overt mystery of spirituality. Um, I love diverse spirituality. I'm a believer in diverse spiritual practices. Um, I consider myself a Christian, although I consider myself a mystic Christian, which allows me to believe in all kinds of teachings about Jesus. So I am not a canonical Bible pounder, although I will allow some of the aspects of the canonical Bible to have merit in what I believe most of my teachings about Jesus are more esoteric or spiritual in nature, um, coming from Gnostic teachings, coming from teachings from current, um, I would say people who are interpreting 
um, spirituality, like Elaine Pagels, who was one of my favorite authors. If you want to read about um, diverse spiritual practices and the lost teachings of Jesus and those kinds of things, Elaine Pagels is one of my favorite. Karen King, she's also a wonderful author. There are several, but those are two of my favorite. In any event, not that I'm here to talk about the Christianity piece, because what I want to actually come to an understanding with people who choose to listen to the podcast is that whatever your pathway is to God is your right, and no one can tell you the path you should take. Uh, people can plant seeds and they can share wisdom, and you should be really open with the connection to what I call the voice of your soul or the third voice which is trying to guide you by interpreting divine wisdom. And divine wisdom is the source of wisdom that comes from the heavenly realms or the ethereal plane or whatever you want to call it. We are connected to that divine wisdom all the time. Now through this life, we actually chose to be here with all the challenges that come with it. And um, through the challenges as we overcome them, or at the very least learn from them, um, our soul grows. And as we grow through this lifetime, we receive guidance on how to navigate difficulties and turn them into the best opportunities that we can, which gives us tools to help other people. And um, that's really an important part of it, is to learn what our purpose is and then fulfill that purpose so that people can live um, an easier or more inspired life because they have crossed our path. That would be our, our best hope. Um, at the very least, to be a compassionate and loving person that supports anything that blesses humankind, the animal kingdom, or the earth itself um, is important. There's catastrophic energy that has happened in this planet in the last few years and each one of us needs to make a commitment to our own soul path so that we can change that catastrophic dark energy into something that is important and meaningful and bears the light of our true consciousness, which is the burning flame of our own divine DNA that is within our heart center, connected to our intuition. And however you choose to define that, just know that you have it. You have this powerful internal divine DNA as the offspring of something divine, and you can call it whatever you want, creator, God, um, Allah, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a presence that is connected to deities, to angels, to Jesus, to Mary, to um, your loved ones on the other side. And so people are always divine and uh, humanoids who have left this planet um, are always trying to reach us to help us. And in doing that great um, commitment to our own life and why we came here, we need to remember that we're not alone, no matter how alone we may feel, and that there is something divine that is radiating from the ethers that's trying to jumpstart our life and our commitment to why we're here. So Empowered to Choose, Empowered to Change brought me to one of my absolute favorite meditations. And there should be, by the time we're finished, two versions of it, a long version and a short version. And it is um, basically called Empowered to Change. And the entire meditation, both the long one, which is close to 30 minutes, and the brief one, which is about 15 minutes, have the same subject, which is knowing when to surrender and knowing when to have the courage to fight, um, to move forward, to uh, embrace something you have to tackle, and knowing when you have to let go and let things unwind and unfold. And then what's in the middle of that is the divine self, the voice of the soul, which will tell you which one to choose. Now, for those of you who are in recovery, this will sound very familiar because it has to do with the serenity prayer, which I read something really funny online that said that to the three people who don't know what the serenity prayer is, I'll tell you what it is. And though I want you to know that this is not the authentic version. If you go study it, you'll find out the authentic version um, has a lot more to it 
Um, and I don't mean the length of it, but even the beginning of it that is um, an AA mantra. Um, but it's a powerful series of sentences, even as it's been reinterpreted. Someday I'll break down the original one, but for now it doesn't matter so much. Of course, the prayer goes, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. You don't need to use the word God. You can use the words that connect you to something divine or something outside of yourself that seems empowering, but to grant you the serenity to accept the things you can't change and the courage to change the things that you can. This is a huge topic. And so in breaking it down, I'm going to use a couple of things. First of all, I've been sober for 30 years. So as I'm talking to you, I'm not a newbie when it comes to sobriety. I believe as much about the many pathways to sobriety as the many pathways to God um, or divine creator or creator or whatever. So if you find your sobriety in a place that is not traditional AA or traditional 12 steps, um, just rejoice that you have your sobriety. That's not a really popular concept any more than it's popular to say that if you don't want to be a Catholic, go ahead and be whatever you want to be, be a Gnostic. I realize often that what I say is blasphemous to traditional structure, and that's just me. So if you're afraid of the blasphemy piece, then I'm guessing that you probably won't tune into the things that I have to say. Blasphemy is going against the grain of what is considered right. Uh, Jesus was probably the best blasphemer on the planet. So I feel like I'm in good company. And if something doesn't resonate with me, I'm not going to hesitate to tell you. I also won't hesitate to tell you why. Um, we're working on finishing publishing The Soul of an Addict, um, which is a recovery program, although that's not what this podcast is about, especially today. Even though I'm going to use some of the language that will sound like recovery language, it's a totally separate project. Um, it will be published, and when it's pu published, we'll let you know. And I may release certain aspects of it on the podcast itself. I started it eight years ago, and I never finished it. It's still in a manuscript form. A little bit more editing, and then I'm finally going to do what um, someone who's very close to me and very wise said, and that's just publish the damn thing, and you can finish some edits later. <laughs> which is really true. So I am going to get it published because there's things in there that really matter. When I went through recovery, I was really, really fortunate to have an amazing counselor who bent the rules all over the place. And I needed somebody who had bent the rules because I was a radically defiant, crazy person. So I didn't need someone who played by the rules very tight and restricted. And, um, I owe this woman my life and I hope to find her someday. And I believe as divine things uh, occur, that will happen when the time is right. But one thing that was really, really hard for me in the beginning of the concept of recovery was powerlessness. So I did this thing when I was working at creating a, um, a Sunday service um, where I was going to do some speaking where I use uh, quotes, which I'm going to use today, but I also wanted to pick through some words because these are the words that happen to us when we break down our commitment to our goals and we just get complacent. Uh, it's kind of odd to think that the, we're looking at the first week of January and I'm talking about getting complacent again against New Year's aspirations. I don't believe in making resolutions because there's a sense of failure. I do believe in making commitments and actually um, having a, an inspired knowledge that we can change and we're empowered to change. So the one word that I have to talk about that runs rampant when you look at the serenity prayer, it unfortunately gets tied into all of this. And as I'm gonna use some of the serenity prayer today to make a point, I don't want this to be a problem. So I'm gonna break it down. First of all, the definition of serenity is the quality or state of being serene. In Latin, it means the clear, cloudless, untroubled. So this quality of state of mind is being clear, cloudless, and untroubled. 
So to look at the first line in being granted the serenity to accept the things you can't change, that's a quality in your state of mind that says, you know what, I am untroubled in my belief that I need to let go of this situation. Whatever the situation may be, I need to let go because it's not working for me. And I need to change. And in order to change, I need to act. And in order to act, I have to not feel powerless. Powerless, the definition of powerless, devoid of strength or resource, lacking the authority or capacity to act. I don't like that word at all. I don't like it at all. I have a vanity plate, which I swore to God I would never have, but I do because the word is so important to me and the word is empower. And the word empower is exactly the opposite of powerless. Empower is to promote the self-actualization or influence over a situation, or it says or person, but over a situation. When we're using or when we're lost or when we're complacent or any of the negative things that, that stop action, um, then we can be powerless because that's a devoid of strength or resources, which I believe are internal, lacking the authority or capacity to act. None of us should be in that permanent state. Um, if we're addicted to anything that is chemical, then we can definitely be in a powerless state. If we're addicted to people because we have codependency so bad that we won't move without taking an army of people along that we either have to take care of or have to take care of us, um, it can be porn, it can be money, it can be food, it can be anything that we turn over our sense of self to, our power to. If we turn over our power to something and we get obsessed by it, yes, we can become powerless. But what we don't want to do is believe that that powerlessness is permanent because it's not. It's situational. And we can choose to change that situation. Now we need some tools to do that, but we can choose to change it because the word empower is to promote self-actualization or influence over a situation. So the theme basically to me is that we're going to decide to change or to undergo a transformation to make radically different and to give a different position course or direction to the actions we're going to take. So we don't slip off the path and start doing the same thing we did before and a year later we're cleaning our slate again. We have a clean slate right now. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do with it? Um, I'm going to dovetail a couple of things together when we're talking about serenity prayer and the words and what they all mean. Um, accepting means to receive willingly, to endure without protest or reaction, to recognize as true. When something really, really, really needs to be accepted, we have to look at it and say, I'm going to endure this and I have the willingness to take it on. And I recognize that I need to do this because it's the truth. And that's a lot of spiritual um, work that requires us to accept things with serenity. Courage, mental, these are the definitions, by the way, mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Fear is, I think, one of the most paralyzing of all states of mind. And the odd thing is fear is a word. If you stopped right now and think about what you have to fear in this very moment, it's nothing. Because in this very moment, you're probably somewhere warm instead of the sub-zero temperatures we deal with in Minnesota. And you probably have clothes. You probably have something to eat. You probably have at least one person that loves you. So there's nothing to fear right now because your now is fearless. It has no fear. We create fear in our mind based on past events that have happened or future projections of what we should be afraid of that haven't come yet. So it's an illusion. It's a word that should be vapor because it isn't an event. Yes, if right now somebody's shooting you or you're being chased by a lion, then yeah, you should probably be afraid. But out of most people who are listening to this right now, whatever state you're in or how difficult it is, 
there is something that is holding you together. So fear in and of itself is an illusion. Yes, we can be afraid of the future. Um, I have a severely handicapped 24-year-old son, and he's been in a life and death situation most of his life. Yes, I've been afraid. I've been afraid for many, many, many years that I would lose him. And um, I still have those fears. I mean, when you're watching several grand malls back to back, or he is um, having challenges breathing, I won't tell you that I don't find myself in a state of fear. But the next thing that has to happen immediately is that I turn it over and I trust that something divine is watching over him that there's a divine wall of light that is watching over him and that that same wall of light is thundering down from the ethers to protect me, my husband, my daughter, my son-in-law, my grandchildren, and everybody I care about and anybody else who is in need. And that thundering wall of light is a divine presence that is within, through, and around us at all times. That's where courage comes from and wisdom and serenity. Uh, I am of more the type who leads towards the courage part to fight. It was a part of my upbringing, I think, to where being courageous and fighting led to me being a controller. And that's no secret. And I admit it, which I try, I am trying and will continue to try probably till I leave this planet, um, to not be so controlling because, um, the divine plan can and the divine presence can control better than I can and uh, it knows the divine plan and it can guide me to know when to let go and how do I find the wisdom to know when to do that wisdom is a wise attitude belief or course of action so how do I find the wisdom well I find the wisdom by getting to know the deep inner me the voice that's within me the voice that is talking to you the wisdom to know the difference it will guide me and it will tell me how to make those changes change is the only way we can move forward and fight change as much as we may it's not going to work so transitioning through change is one of the first things we can do to resolve to succeed this year this is an awesome quote and I love it. So I'm going to use it. I mean, all the ones I use are going to be awesome because that's the only, uh, I spend hours sorting through quotes. And as I've said in other podcasts, my reason for using quotes is to plant a seed that will hopefully lay down somewhere in your subconscious or in your conscious mind that you can, re you know, you can recall, even if you don't recall all the words that are coming through me now during this podcast, you'll recall the quote. So here's the first one that deals with change. Resolve to be a master of change rather than a victim of change. Because here's the story, and that's by a man named Brian Tracy. Um, we're going to go through change whether we like it or not. If we're a master of change, we accept change, even if it's difficult and painful, and we just say, okay, just give me the strength and the courage to get through the change. Because if we don't set ourselves up to accept change and let go knowing that there's some kind of power that is beyond our knowledge to get us through it, then we become a victim of change. And a victim of change is where change happens whether we like it or not, where we're blindsided by something and we go, oh my God, why did that happen? And sometimes it takes years to figure out that something happens because we've been fighting change and thinking we're going to stay complacent. So we stay complacent until fear sets in. And then we put the blanket over our head and say, I'm not getting up. I'm not going out into the world. I don't want to change. I want everything to stay the same. Well, it's not going to. Our entire reason for being born was to change. To change the power that our ego had over our spiritual path. The ego that has driven us into lifetimes of making changes that were not healthy or making no changes. If we followed the path into addiction, then we definitely lost the game. And here we are again, going over and over and over the same process. We are here to change, to become empowered, to change, to change the things that take us off of our path, to change limitations, to change judgment, to change anything that defeats our spiritual, moral, and deep personal connection to this life and the people that are in it, even those we don't know that we're meant to help. 
we can make a change just by whether we smile or not walking down the street. Whether we, you know, say I'm sorry to somebody we've hurt. You know, whether we take a stand for a cause that we believe in, even if we're scared to death to do it. Whether we make a donation to an organization we believe in, even though we don't have a lot of money. There's all kinds of ways to make changes that are not necessarily something that would be your per first thought of defining change in your own life. This is by my favorite, which is unknown. Change is the essence of life. Be willing to surrender what you are for what you could become. When I was in my early 20s and I was married when I was really young, 19, my ex was a phenomenal musician and when I met him, he was playing and of course I was I was a groupie, uh, didn't want to call myself that, uh, but we ended up getting married. I was super young and there was this part of me that wanted to be on stage and be a singer. Well, I wasn't good enough, number one, which I'm sure he knew, but I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to be on stage because I thought it would be super cool to be on stage. I ended up doing some choreography for one of his, his bands that he later built because there were a few in the Twin Cities area that he built and I designed some of the, the costuming because it was the 80s and back then it was all about the look and the dancing and so I got involved in the stage in that way but I really wanted to sing. If I would have become a singer I can tell you right now that my ego would have sent me down some kind of trajectory that could have been the most self-absorbed, egotistical, really unimportant human. I might have, if I was really, it would have been good enough to be a singer. I know it would have been about the attention because of where I was at that time. The attention I would get and having that kind of power and being on stage. It, it took years for me to realize that I didn't need that kind of attention and the kind of changes that I could help produce in the world were completely different than the ones I thought were my destiny. I made quite a bit of money at one time in my life. I had a lot of really pretty toys. Um, I had two red Porsches, uh, not at the same time. Um, I, I definitely had the long, big 80s blonde hair and the nine inch nails to go with it. And everything about me was, hey, look at me, I am totally cool. And I really wasn't totally cool. I thought I was totally cool. And maybe I was sort of cool for the era. But what difference did that make to anything? It didn't have anything to do with anything because I ultimately ended up being a cocaine addict. And through that, over a several year period of time, I ended up becoming an alcoholic once I quit doing cocaine. But the whole ego image and all of the imagery of what I thought I wanted to become was actually leading me to a really disastrous path. And I'm lucky to be alive because there's many times I could have overdosed and my drug story can be saved for another day and my alcohol story for another day. I think my daughter saved my life because she existed because there was a legacy that um, my third voice, my soul voice was able to say that kept me alive. And that voice said to me, is this the legacy you want to leave your daughter? Uh, overdosed on your kitchen floor. Fortunately, I stood up and, and I should say I crawled um, into another room and realized that no, that's not the legacy I wanted to leave my daughter. And she is the most amazing, beautiful soul inside and out and an incredible mom and a wonderful wife. And I couldn't hope for a more amazing daughter. And if I had continued on the path that I thought was my path, I would probably be dead and she would have had to tell her story that her mom died of a drug overdose. So no, I had to make changes. I had to be willing to surrender what I thought I was for what I could become. Lots of rebirths in my lifetime from what I thought was what I wanted to be to what I turned into, et cetera, et cetera. I'm still going through those. Where will they go? I don't know. They may change forever. All I know is I want to be able to trust the path and I do. I see and I know of the power that lives on the other side of the veil of this earth that watches over us, that guides us. And if we will just listen to it, just take a little bit of time every day and listen to it. 
And if we can't hear it with our ears, feel it with your heart. Feel it with your heart when it when you feel a need to change or to pick up the phone or to or to make a decision to sit with it for a minute. Deepak Chopra had a great piece of advice in one of my favorite books, which is called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Uh, it's a great book. Like all books, I pick things out that really work for me and the ones I don't, I set aside. But one thing he said is when you have to make a choice and your, your body tells you not to, your mind can't really come up with whether you should make that choice or not, but your body tells you not to, or it tells you that you should. If you're in a state of serenity where your body is super calm because there's something about clairsentient energy in your body that happens first. But if you have anxiety or you feel gnarly in your stomach or you start to shake, don't make the decision. Whether decisions about a job, a mate, a child, an education, about an expenditure, if your body starts to shake, that is your internal mechanisms of this is not the right decision. If there's a sense of total stability and calm, then your body's guiding you. Ultimately, you'll be able to hear the voice of your soul and it'll come through actual words. And you can learn to use divination tools in order to intuit um, the things that you want to accomplish. And um, there are several of those which I will share moving forward at some point in another podcast. Nobody can go back and start a new beginning, but anyone can start today and make a new ending by Maria Robinson. It's hard to start over because we're here at whatever age you are listening to this. And this is who you are. And this is who you're meant to be, at least at this point. But today, whatever choices you make are going to create a new ending. And that's a really beautiful thing. If I go back and look at who I was 30 years ago, there was one hell of an ugly ending in store for me. And although I've had incredibly difficult challenges between that time and now I'm alive and I have an amazing family and there's wonderful people out there like you who are listening. Um, I was deeply moved when I saw the downloads that in less than two weeks there were almost a hundred downloads. The honor that I feel that I can be an instrument in speaking to people out there who have known me at some point in my life or have never met me and received this podcast through a friend, I am honored because it means that the universe is letting me be an instrument to help people. And whatever brought you here, I hope that whatever seed I can plant is something that you can take and plant your own gardens and start your own destinies so that you too can help others. Okay, so those were pretty much about change. Let's talk about surrendering. It's very hard to move forward and succeed in a goal we set on January 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, whatever it is, if we don't let go. There's stuff we have to let go of. And even in the New Year's ritual, the burning ritual that I talked about, surrendering, writing down all the things you want to let go of, surrender. Yes, it's part of the serenity prayer, the ability to accept the things you can't change and the serenity to be able to accept things that you can't change. But you also have to have the courage to let go of things that you can change. Um, so the wisdom to know the difference is talking to your third voice and saying, should I fight or should I surrender? Should I let go or should I hang on? Or should I have the courage to move on? So these are on surrender. Some think it's holding on that makes one strong. Sometimes it's letting go. It's by a woman named Sylvia Robinson. I think it's harder to let go. And um, that's because it's easier for me to fight for something and to hang on. Surrendering is giving ultimate trust to a divine life that is moving forward and helping us make changes. It's really an important thing to know that serenity is empowering. It isn't a weak word, it's an empowering word because it means there's something divine that is guiding the need for the change. This is another quote by my favorite unknown. Serenity isn't freedom from the storm, but peace within the storm. That's a huge one. It's a very important one. 
that it isn't sitting in the lotus position and doing ohms and acting ever so spiritually um, attuned uh, because you're, you're sensing that you don't have to experience the storm. It's being able to have that state of mind and be completely at peace and sit in the lotus position in the middle of the storm and know that you are protected and that there's something divine going on. So it isn't freedom from the storm, but peace within the storm. Surrender to your life, to your creator. You may not know where it will take you, but your soul does. And that's a really important thing to know. Because it goes on to say that your greatest destiny will unfold in spite of your human frailties as long as you persevere and believe in your divinity. And that's by Helena Royce. So when you surrender yourself to a creator, however you define it, God, Jesus, uh, the divine one, Allah, I don't care what you call it, when you surrender to it, you may not know what the ultimate destiny is going to be, but if you put one foot in front of the other and you take an action every day and you trust that there is something bigger than you involved, your soul knows where you're going and your soul will get you there because your soul will overcome the human frailties that get in the way of manifesting your dreams. It'll give you the power and perseverance to believe that you are divine, that the spark of light in you is divine and that it's connected to this huge divine source of energy that is trying to change the world. And the more we mobilize together as light bearers, which are people who come together to share our light as one entity or as a combined entity, as a unit of entities. As long as we stand in our light, that light that we project connects with others of light and we are doing our purpose in order to banish the fog that has taken over this planet. By sending your light out and doing something positive, you are changing the vibration of this world and altering the course of its negativity to a place of light. And even though it all seems metaphoric, it's not, it's literal. And the core of your being is a flaming light that fills your entire body and radiates all the way around you into what is called your auric field. But if you put your hands out as far as you can on the left and the right and above your head, and if you could put them under your feet, there is an oval that is three feet on each side all the way around. And in that oval is the core of you. And in that oval is a light that is sent from beyond and it is called your auric field. You project light into that auric field. If you're using, if you're addicted, if you're abusing, if you're doing things that are dark and you're coming from your ego, Egoic energy is the darkest energy there is. And I don't need to go on and on and on about how it's uh, played itself out in our planet right now, but it is more present than it's been in decades, decades and decades and decades. And the collective egoic energy is strong and mobilized. And so what do we need to do as light bearers? We need to become empowered to mobilize which means that as you listen to this podcast, you do something that activates the light within you, that activates the vibration of you. And everywhere you go, your light spreads. You see it fill around you and touch the people around you and keep that energy flowing. And you can do that by making decisions to make changes in your own life that hurt you, make changes in your own life by the people that you keep, the company you keep, how you take care of your body. If you don't take care of your body, take care of your body. Um, avoiding as much as possible anything that will alter your consciousness. Drugs, alcohol, and people who could get really fanatical could say sugar. And you know, really that's not too fanatical if you're a major sugaraholic. And most things can work okay in moderation. But that's if you're not an addict. If you're an addict, there's no such thing as moderation. You do everything to the extreme. And so once you do one addiction, then you jump onto another one, you're just extreme. And I know, cause I've been there and I've worked with addicts for 
25 years. So yeah, we're pretty extreme. But most of the time, once we become sober and empowered to stay that way, we choose to do things that will activate the light within us as a huge flame and touch the flames of everybody else. And really, if you're listening, I believe you were drawn here that you're being called because there is a vibration, a calling that is being sent out by the earth itself saying, mobilize your light force. Even if you're just mobilizing by connecting to this podcast or when we start doing seminars, you can come to a seminar, keeping company with people who have a higher vibration, um, being careful not to find people who are using some of the negativity that's going on as a way to keep you bound to what they believe you need because you need to find what you know you know deep down inside you need and listening to your soul and the voice of your soul is the very most important thing you can do it will come in many forms the voice of your soul may translate through me as an instrument it may translate through someone else who is a healer or someone else who is an advanced light bearer person or through someone you meet on the street who just says something. It may come in the form of a quote, a book, a movie. The voice of your soul will reach you as long as you're open and you allow yourself to hear it or feel it and then trust the wisdom that it's trying to bring. Courage is an incredibly important part of being able to put something on your clean slate that you intend to persevere to achieve. Courage is so hard to define because it scares people. The word courage usually means you have to face a fear that is death defying. Sometimes that's true. Courage to me means so many different things, but it's an incredibly empowering word about manifesting. So in order to be empowered to change, you have to have the courage to act. And the courage to act means act through fear in order to manifest what is yours to do. Act through the fear, no matter how big it is. I can't tell you how many times I stood by Taylor's bedside sobbing because I couldn't control what was happening to him. And so where did I turn? I turned to the only thing I knew was bigger than me. And that was the divine connection with what's on the other side of this earth plane. And there is, a, there is an army of beings watching over us. Loved ones who have passed on, divine deities you can read about that go back thousands of years, Jesus, Mary, the archangels. It goes on and on and on and on and on. You just have to be open to say, I'll take it. Usually when you're facing a death-defying fear, your reaching out for courage will allow you to accept anything. I mean, and it's really, really important to know that that will come to you. I've got one plaque that I'm staring at right now that's in my sacred space. And it's the only thing I've ever put up in this room that has words on it, except for a rock that says wisdom. And what the word the words are on this plaque is you never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. I want to read that again. You never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. My legs would buckle next to his bed when someone would tell me that he wasn't going to live. And did I want to just collapse and just sob my eyes out? Yeah, I did. And when I went through many, many other changes and challenges and really, really horrifyingly deep personal pain, did I want to collapse and give up? Yep, I did. I didn't stand there like, oh yeah, no big deal. I, I totally get it, God. I'm, I'm totally, you're with me and I'm totally cool. I didn't go into any of these challenges like that, but I went in knowing there was something divine that would rescue me if I totally fell apart. But I didn't know how strong I could be until being strong was the only choice I had. And I know that many of you out there are facing some really difficult things. I've received emails from people that I promise I will respond to 
who have already responded to the podcast who are going through really challenging issues. And my heart sends out love and light to you. If you haven't heard from me, you will soon. But I just want you to know that you're stronger than you think you are and that you don't have any choice. That strong is the only choice you have and being strong will connect you to that divine power that will empower you to stay strong. That light is so much stronger than any fog or any darkness or any medical conditions or any mental conditions or any relationship conditions or anything else you have to face. The light is always going to win. The light is brighter and more powerful than the dark. And no matter how dark that dark is or how palpable the fear is that that dark creates, the light of courage is brighter and more powerful than anything else because that light of courage comes from a divine place and it activates a divine place. I love this quote by Mark Twain. Courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. Let me read that again. This quote I have stored within my very soul for the times when I was so afraid I didn't know I could get through another day. Courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. True courage only happens in the face of fear. It isn't courageous to act if you're not afraid. It's only courageous to act if you are afraid. So if you're afraid, it's the best time to know that courage is knocking at the door saying, let me in, let me show you how strong you can be. It's a beautiful, beautiful quote. Courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is the quiet voice at the end of the day saying, I will try again tomorrow by a woman named Mary Ann Rodmucker. Sometimes courage doesn't roar. For me, I guess I've needed courage to roar a lot of the time. But it's amazing to me when courage can come over us like this powerful, warm blanket of light that says it's time to be quiet and still now to lay down and let that light wrap around you and know there's another day and you'll try again tomorrow. That is also courage. Free will empowers us with choice and choice empowers us to change. Our ego will guide us on one path and our soul on another. Change is necessary and choice is power. Helena Royce. What that's saying is that we have free will to choose to change. We don't have to be forced unless we sit around too long and then change will happen regardless of our choice. Our ego will try to drag us down one path because it doesn't want us to change. So it'll either tell us to stay complacent where we are, or it'll tell us to just um, be too afraid to move. Our soul is another story. It tells us that change is necessary and that by choosing to change, we'll be empowered to change. How do we know whether we're supposed to accept the things we cannot change or have the courage to change the things we can. How do we know which is which? Well, we have to know the wisdom to choose. And the wisdom comes from our spirituality. And as I've said before on other podcasts, and we'll say on every other podcast to come, is spirituality and religion are not one and the same. They can be. And for some people, that does work. 
They can be deeply spiritual and religious at the same time. But you can be absolutely spiritual without being religious. Some of the Native American friends that I have and that I'm close to as clients as well are some of the most spiritually inspired and motivated people I've ever met. Most of them will never step into a church because their church is nature. Their church is great spirits in the heavens. Their church is the moon and Mother Earth. The church is the animals and the clouds and the sky. Their church is what they learn from what this earth is and all the blessings of heaven. And they're more spiritual than anybody I know who would spend hours and hours and hours in a church. And lest I remind people that Jesus did not have a church. Churches were built and fortified and rebuilt and more fortified long after he left this earth plane. His earth, much like the Native Americans, I should say his church, was outside sharing stories with people while he sat on the ground or spoke from a mountain or under a tree. So your spirituality is not dictated by how often you go to church. But the wisdom that comes with spirituality, however you define it, is your true guardian to making the changes you need to make and the commitment or devotion to your aspirations for this coming year. Thomas More, who's written many great books, has a great simple quote, the soul appears when we make room for it. Many people say, well, how do you know it's your soul? How do you know how to get a hold of your soul? Well, I use many, many divination tools. So when I work with my clients, I share how to use divination tools, which, may, which basically means different ways to contact that voice so you can hear an answer. But it will come to you intuitively in your own mind, in your own thoughts, or through messengers, as I've mentioned before. But know that it can only come if you make room for it. If you pack your life so full of distractions and people and addictions and, and um, folly of all kinds that the ego will drag you to, you won't be able to hear it because it'll be deafening with all kinds of distractions from the egoic mind telling you, come this way, go this way. Temptations, temptations, temptations. Make room for your soul and it will blast into your life like a rocket and all the fog and the darkness will disintegrate and the light will be standing there speaking to you and guiding you. And that lights your soul connected to the master light of the creator, which you are an offspring. So your divine DNA attaches to the creator through your soul. Make room for it because it's the only true guidance that we have. Just as a candle cannot burn without fire, men cannot live without a spiritual life. Buddha. By learning to contact, listen to, and act on our intuition, we can directly connect to the higher power of the universe and allow it to become our guiding force. That quote is by Shakti Gwain, who was around way in the 80s, super popular, wrote a lot of books, but it's a great quote. This one I love because it's never anybody you would expect. Without the assistance of the divine being, I cannot succeed. With that assistance, I cannot fail. If you were sitting in front of me, I'd say guess. Most people wouldn't guess or I shouldn't say I wouldn't get it right. Abraham Lincoln. There's many, many different things published about how he didn't consider himself a religious man, but he did consider himself a spiritual man. So listen to that sentence again. Without the assistance of the divine being. He didn't say God. 
He said the divine being, I cannot succeed with that assistance. I cannot fail. Such a beautiful quote. I don't even have to break it down. It breaks itself down. And I will end with this one. Self-knowledge is the beginning of wisdom. And it is wisdom that will master your fears and lead you to your destiny. Helena Royce. Self-knowledge is the beginning of wisdom. That's the knowledge of your divine self. What it really is. It's divinity, it's power, it's connection, it's light. Seeking the self-knowledge, which opens the door to where you want to go and where you want to be and what is your destiny. That wisdom will master your fears because it's personal. It wraps its arms around you and it becomes a shield. A shield of light that will hold you up and protect you in every circumstance. No matter what you have to endure, that inner wisdom, your divine self, knows why you are here. It knows the pain you must endure. It knows the beauty that lies before you. It knows the purpose of your life. And what you need to do is connect to it by learning what it is and how to communicate with it. Then you master your fears. And it doesn't mean you won't have any fears. It means you will master your fears. And it will lead you to your destiny. Whatever dreams that you're holding deep inside that you know you want to do, that you know are yours to do, speak openly. Speak like I'm talking to you now in a room that is empty, at least empty with another body. And talk to the divine ones that are there and say, you know, just tell me where I should go. What should I do? What should I do next? Listen. Do what's called streaming. Streaming is how I do meditations. Streaming is what I'm doing right now. Streaming is where you put a pen, except for I'm not putting a pen to a pad, and you just start writing. It's different than journaling. Journaling is where you write down your feelings and your challenges and your frustrations and your fear and all of that. Streaming is where you ask for help and you just let your hand write. Whatever comes through, visualize whatever you can tune into as a divine empowered protector. With technology as it is today, if you want to use it positively, I've told a lot of people to connect with the Archangel Michael because he is the angel of protection. And there are some amazing images of him on Google and just print one up and talk to him. If you can talk to Jesus as an actual person, look up some Google images of Jesus or Mary, the great mother Mary, not the virginal biblical Mary, but this amazing empowered goddess who watches over us. Find something you can connect to and talk to it and let it talk back to you and write down what it says. And if people think you're crazy, that's their issue. The main thing is, is to don't sh try not to share things that are sacred unless you totally trust the person that you're going to share them with. Because this internal connection with your divine self is sacred. And not too many people will understand it right off the bat, or they may want to judge it, or they may be jealous that it's easy for you. Who knows? And it might not be easy for you. So pick up a book and read something inspiring and let that be the voice of your soul and your interpreter for now. Your destiny is waiting. Our destinies are waiting to intersect and bring the consciousness of this planet up, 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 up where it belongs so that we can leave this place in the condition it should be for our children, our grandchildren, our grandchildren's children, and so on and so on. Evolved souls are being born to take over this planet and we have to prepare it. It's part of our destiny. And in the meantime, we can activate that creative, empowered source of us and make a difference. And that's really why we're here. I'm going to ask you to spread as much information as you can about the podcast. 
Um, we're not charging for it right now, so there's no monetary gain. It's more of a consciousness thing I know I need to do right now, and Chris is helping, of course. Share it with people. I don't have Facebook because I've avoided it. Maybe someday I'll have it, but right now I need you to spread the word. Send the link. Tell people to download it. Listen to the meditation because it's one of my absolute favorites that I was able to stream. I was gifted to stream. And there's a long one and a short one. And as we move forward, we're going to try to give you long ones, long meditations and shorter meditations. So if you need to tune into a short meditation during a break at work or a shorter break where you don't have as much time just to get realigned, there'll be shorter meditations to choose to download. But it is my greatest wish that as I sit in this beautiful space that I am honored to live in, that opens a portal to the divine side, that uses me as an instrument, that in some way I can touch your life with information that will help you feel blessed and guided so that you can go on and do the same for others. I look forward to our next session. Peace be with you all. Peace.